I'm recording now. Can you? Am I recording? Does it show I'm recording? Oh yeah, it said This is like the old days. I've forgotten. Is there going to be jingle bells like jingle yeah. bell type sleigh bells like? Doo, doo, doo. No, I can't do them anymore. I'm leaving this bit in, friend. <laughs> no, don't. They already know I can't sing. This isn't a great intro, is it? Doo, doo, doo. <laughs> Christmas, everybody. It's my confirmed. <laughs> don't start with that. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Oh, Merry Christmas, Mike. Merry Christmas, Fran. And Merry Christmas to all our listeners. I hope they haven't been t- waiting on tender hooks for the next episode of this <laughs> podcast. Oh, God. They'd have, oh, <laughs> they'd have got very bored waiting. Very bored. I mean, I know things are boring as it is at the moment with uh, all things COVID still hanging around. But, um, hanging around. but we're back. We and we've are missed back. You. Oh, we've we've is... seen you at club every week, but we've missed being in your ear holes. <laughs> yeah, I've been really looking forward to today. Really looking forward I to have. having the opportunity to do this again. It's been a long time, and uh, it's it's been it's been long overdue. We've been trying to fit this in for a while, haven't we? Because uh, we we've got so many amazing interviews that we recorded uh, at the end of the summer, beginning of the autumn, that we've been ready to share. But life has been a little bit busy, hasn't it? Yeah, for a while it felt normal apart from the whole not really mixing with more than six people at the time and not hugging and all of that but life certainly at school ish felt normal i was going to say your your um your day job has been just back to normal hasn't it it's been totally as if covid obviously precautions for covid but you've been full-on as you would be any september yeah it's but yeah hectic yeah add a layer of covid as well and it's all hectic but actually thankfully been really good but there are a lot of tired teachers support staff students rolling into the christmas holidays this week we're recording this on the 15th of december and we are going to make sure that this is this is out and ready for you all Uh, to listen to over the christmas period i've forgotten the rules about not time stamping it sorry mike (laughs) Oh no, you did see, we are so rusty. I think we're going to say this a lot during the episode. We have, we, we, in fact, actually, let's, let's be honest with our listeners, Fran. I think as captains, it's very important that we come clean and we, we admit that this is, we are re-recording our intros, aren't we? Because we recorded these in September. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I think I bored everybody with my COVID restrictions at school talk. So well, probably a good at, we didn't share it. Well, to be honest, the episode actually starts with uh, you talking about your washing machine. Oh, does it? Well, well, now they've got... Yeah, well, I don't even know what to say. I'm so sorry, everybody. Such as... Do you know what? We thought, actually, I think we decided after a few weeks of us not being able to edit this and get it finished, we thought, do you know what? This would make a lovely Christmas special. Something to keep you company during the club is on pause again. So we're back and we've got amazing guests uh, to listen to today, haven't we? Yeah, absolutely. I think you will love hearing each of our guests chat to you about all things running in their lives and all the other bits as well that they share with us. First up is Caroline. Uh, Now, Caroline, bless you, Caroline. You have been so patient after we recorded this with you back in June, I think. Um, So uh, when you listen to it, bearing in mind that it was recorded just after the... uh, just as the first lockdown was coming to an end. So it's obviously, uh, it's aged okay, but it's uh, it's not something that's been recorded recently. Uh, I don't know if you remember, Fran, but it's also got the best ever monumental screw up um, from Mm -hmm. me in it. 
I do remember. It was brilliant. <laughs> Not thankfully. Thankfully, Caroline is still talking to both of us, actually. She is, and we are going to leave that in in the podcast unedited as well, uh, because uh, when I edited, when I've listened to that back, it is absolutely hilarious. And uh, thank you for being <laughs> such a good sport, Caroline. <laughs> ah, she won that as well, didn't she? She won that opportunity to chat to us. She must be so pleased that was a prize. <laughs> yeah, thanks for giving up. Thanks for making me give up an evening, guys, and then making me wait six months to hear it. Oh, good, good. And then we chatted with the lovely Tony. We did. Who kept this a secret from uh, her son John as well? So this will be a nice surprise for John to listen to it as well. Well, unless she's got really bored <laughs> waiting for us to deliver the podcast where she talks all about all things running and how she got into running and how amazing she's been doing with her running, even though she's obviously had a few little injuries along the way. Yes, that, yeah, that, I can imagine this actually. John, I did record this and I was going to keep it as a surprise, but I think Mike and Fran have given up. But here they are with their Santa hats on, bringing some festive joy. So we uh, mm. last minute recovery. Yes, yeah. And then finally, do we mention who our third guest is? I think we should let the legend introduce himself. Uh, maybe we should just leave it at that and uh, roll, into the, roll into the podcast. Yes. Well, are we riding uh, uh, the podcast? Are we riding? We're riding into the podcast. What are we riding on, Fran? <laughs> reindeers, obviously. I said oh, a sleigh ride into are. the podcast. What else? <laughs> what else other than reindeers this time of year? Well, I think we should, before we do go there, we, uh, well, we'll, we'll say goodbye to you at the end of the podcast, but we hope you guys are having a lovely, if not slightly different than normal Christmas. And, uh, we uh, we hope that you're enjoying your running and you're enjoying making the best of it. And uh, it's just a big Merry Christmas from us. A very big Merry Christmas indeed from us both. Fran, if you had to rank us out of 10 on how professional we are when we're recording and how, how well we managed to get things right first time, what would, what would you give us out of 10? 10 being top. Um... <laughs> Um, seven probably, but the fact that we're a bit out of practice. Seven. Like, <laughs> well, I'm not going to say we're rubbish. I mean, I'm not saying we're a ten, but I reckon. Yeah. Okay. I'd go for a nice round six. All right, five, and then probably today it's going to be like three because we haven't done this in ages. So our poor guest that we're going to be chatting to now, I feel very sorry for them. Caroline Howard, what would you score us if? Uh, <laughs> Before that, we've actually done the recording with you. What would you score us out of 10, just from your listening history? Oh, from my listening history, Mike, it's got to be got to be a 10. Well, you are <laughs> our new favourite guest. Yep. Right. Excellent. Uh, we'll ask you in a bit, and then you can regrade us once you've actually done the whole experience. Okay, yeah. sounds good. We had to mention all of this because before we speak to any of our guests, we've got like a little, we, we call it our little spiel, don't we, Fran, of things that we have to say to our guests, so just so they... They know what we're going to do during the recording. Like, don't worry if there's awkward gaps because we're trying not to talk over each other to make editing Mike's life harder. Um, don't, don't, when we say goodbye at the end of the podcast, that's just a fake goodbye for the podcast. We'll say goodbye to you properly afterwards. We're giving away so many secrets tonight, but you know, it's episode, episode like we on. Yeah. Um, but we do enjoy, like we have, a, we've had a good old chat. How long have we been on? We've been chatting now for what, probably twenty minutes, and we've only just started recording. So we do have a lovely little chat with our guests as well. Don't we? 
we do. Caroline's just thinking, we well, two just get on with it. I'm here to talk, not listen to you two. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think we need to. I think we do need to um, uh, approach the elephant in the room, though. Caroline, you had to Google oh! Alan Partridge. <laughs> you can't say it like that. <laughs> what did I say? You an elephant. No. <laughs> I think you should keep that insult in, Mike. Oh. Wow. Welcome back, listeners. <laughs> I always knew my co-captain was a charmer. Oh, he's lovely, isn't he? <laughs> right, I'll try introducing. So, everybody, up next, we've got our next lucky winner. Woo! Elephant in the slightest. Our lucky winner of the uh, quickfire questions competition. So if you remember back to the start of the log, log, log pass. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I am not editing any of this. <laughs> oh, there you go, everybody. The last podcast where we told you that if you'd have listened to all the end of the previous, previous podcast, you'd have heard us pop back up again. Is this all making sense to everybody? Because it's not to me anymore. Um, and if you listen to that and commented with an Alan Partridge comment, then one of you lucky people would get to join us on the next Quickfire Questions. And Caroline Harwood was such lucky contestant. How are you doing, Caroline? I'm you very well. There, for that matter? <laughs> I'm, I'm still here, Fran. I've been called an elephant. I've been laughed at, but I'm still here. Ah, <laughs> oh, good. Well, we're glad I'm you're gonna, here. I'm, I'm going to get my coat. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Caroline. That's fine. I'm just going to pick the trunk back up off the floor. Oh, <laughs> oh dear. Oh, dear. Well, good. But uh, you're well. Other yeah, than... I am well. Thank you, Fran. Um, life's getting a bit, bit more normal again now and getting out and about a bit more, which is good. Now, you work in a hospital, don't you, Caroline? For those people that don't know you perhaps as well as we do. Yeah, I'm a physiotherapist at Southampton General Hospital. We usually work in outpatients. Over the, the initial part of the COVID period, I got redeployed to the wards for the best part of six weeks, I guess. Um, but I'm back down in outpatients now doing remote work, so telephone and video consultations. And how, how is it? How is it? Is it? Has it changed much over that 12-week period since this all sort of kicked off? Have you found things are beginning to get a little bit less stressful? Um, my role's changed massively because I'm used to seeing patients face to face. I work in a gym, I work in A&E, they come in to see me. And so I do lots of rehab, lots of functional stuff and suddenly I've got to do it all over the phone or right by a video. That must be quite a challenge because that's, you know, from the few experiences of not physio like you do, but just any kind of sort of sports massage, that kind of looking at your injuries. Like I spend a lot of time pointing and showing and saying, look, this is where it hits right here. And like, you can't really do the same on a video, I'd imagine. No, definitely that initial assessment's much harder and you really need to be good at your questioning and trying to work out where their source of symptoms is coming from. And then rehab wise, I'm a really visual person. So I often demonstrate stuff right in front of my patient or I'm using my hands to facilitate where their, their knee should go, or which foot position they should have. Uh, so I've had to really work on my communication skills and describing much better what they should do. And I'm not used to sitting down all day. It's really hard, gone, isn't it? 
being really active, going to get patients from the waiting room, bringing them into the gym, doing a gym session with them. You sit down quickly, write your notes, get the next patient through to being sat at a computer all day. It's um, yeah, new empathy for a desk workers. Absolutely. It also really messes with your step count as well every day. <laughs> I'm lucky if I hit 2000 at work now. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I was yesterday and managed to do 11,000, which is much more like normal. And like you said, sometimes I can get to lunchtime and I've not done 100 steps and I'm like, what have I been doing? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a slightly better now that I have to park off site again. When we did get the free parking on site for staff, which was lovely, it made my step count go even lower because I was <laughs> walking from the car park to my desk and then back, back again. And, and how are you feeling, Caroline? Because some people at the club will will already know but you've had uh, sort of quite a, um, a close experience with COVID as well haven't you? Yeah that's right Mike um, so at the end of March I was working up on the on the ward where I was redeployed and I came home from work on a Monday went to the supermarket and I had to queue outside because they were only letting a certain number of people into the shops at a time and I got quite cold because I hadn't taken a coat stupid me and when I got home, I just could not warm up. I was really, really shivering. And I just put it down to being outside the supermarket for half an hour. Um, went to bed. Next morning, got up and drove to work. And in the car on the way to work, I started coughing. I thought, this is a bit odd. Where's this cough come from? Went into work. I was like, oh, got a cough in the way to work. And I'm like, well, you better go home then. I said, well, can you, can you test me? Can I be swabbed? And then I can stay at work because I don't feel poorly. And they said, no, no, you've got symptoms. Off you go home for seven days and then you can come back in so all right off I trundle home get home start to cough a bit more I'm like, okay I'm gonna go and put myself in my room isolate myself away from the family and then over the next few days the cough got worse I got a temperature sore throat headaches back pain diarrhea basically every symptom pretty much apart from losing my taste or smell um so nine days later I emerged from my bedroom feeling a little weak thing walking down the stairs was an effort three weeks off work and then um, it's just been a gradual recovery from then really. Wow. Wow. Sounds, <laughs> it sounds tough and I think it's you know as we know you're fit healthy young you know all you don't fit the potential risk factors but I think when a lot of people just say oh well it's just a nasty flu or it's just you know a bad cold kind of thing and maybe for some people that is it and you know but obviously clearly even in someone who's fit and healthy and looks after themselves it can have quite a detrimental be quite significant on your health and really make you quite unwell yeah definitely like I've had quite a few colleagues who've had had experiences with it as well and it's ranged from people just losing their taste or their smell or feeling a little bit under the weather for 24 hours so probably I've been on more the severe spectrum but still avoided hospital where it's really knocked me and I've ended up having to have some inhalers to help my breathing I still get a bit short of breath at times and my heart rate pings up and like you said I didn't really have any risk factors. Um, How did you find the, the self-isolation Caroline that must have been I mean I know we're speaking a lot about the physical symptoms but that must have been hard as well. Do you know what it's only looking back Mike that I realised that I must have been quite poorly because I didn't really mind. Okay. I wasn't bored I was probably having three naps a day and still sleeping at night for the first few days wow. so when I look back I go actually my body really was fighting it and that's all I could do was just I didn't really have the energy to watch anything on telly either I kind of just laid there I think 
Because <laughs> it sounds really dull. I mean, some people probably say nine days in your bed just watching what you like sounds like a luxury, but it flew by really. We kind of got into a routine. Matt would deliver my meals three times a day and come back and get the empties with his rubber gloves on and put them straight in the dishwasher. The kids would say goodnight to me from the bedroom door. And yeah, that's just how life was for nine days. How were the kids? How did they take it? They got used to it. The first few days, they kept trying to bundle in the bedroom to see me. And I was really defensive. I just didn't want them to get it. Because at the time, it was much earlier on. We didn't really know the effect it had on kids. I just didn't want them to get poorly. Mm -hmm. Um, So I just kept having to shout at them to get out of the room, which was a bit sad. And I have to say, it was a bit frightening. Like, at what point did I feel happy to cuddle them again? Yeah. There was all this, like, well, isolate for seven days. And then if you haven't heard any symptoms, you can just get back on with life but I was still kind of symptomatic up till about day nine and then I was still feeling really weak and feeble but I wanted to cuddle them but I didn't want to put their health at risk but kind of just gradually spent more time with them and then eventually we just had a cuddle and decided that was it we were just going to cuddle again yeah oh, I bet they enjoyed that having them a bit choppy. <laughs> no, it sounded lovely. It was lovely. Because it's real life. Do you know what I mean? It's real life. And it's, yeah. And how are you feeling now in yourself? Are the lungs recovering well? They're much better. I'm nearly off all the, the inhalers. Um, I don't know if you've seen, I've been doing some silly, silly long runs on Saturdays and bike rides on Sundays. Uh, so building the fitness back up again. Haven't got any speed at the moment, but not really been trying to get speed either. So. That'll come back when it, when you're feeling ready for it and want to. I think it's just getting back out and doing it again, isn't it? Feeling well yeah. enough to do it. Yeah, and I think because although I've still got some events that are supposed to be happening at the moment, I'm pretty sure most things are going to get cancelled. It feels that there isn't a need to train or there isn't necessarily an end point at the moment. So it's about actually just doing what you want and what makes you happy mm-hmm. and taking the pressure off, which is quite nice. Um, so just to remind everybody, in case you have forgotten what Quickfire Questions format is, we will have a chat with Caroline about her running and then we will fire 10 quick questions at her and look for her immediate response to the answers. So Mike, should we get started with a bit more detail about Caroline and her running? Sounds good to me. So first up then, Caroline, could you tell the listeners a bit more about yourself in terms of maybe how long you've been running, when you became a crusader as part of that journey. Yeah, of course I can, Fran. So I've probably come into running off the back of sport. When I was at school, I played netball and hockey. Then when I went to university, I discovered ultimate frisbee. So I'm kind of doing some running alongside that just for fitness. But ultimate frisbee was my my sport and I played, played it to quite a competitive level. Um, a friend and I randomly decided to enter the Great South Run and <laughs> had to do a little bit more than just a few sprints to to train for that one and I think my longest run I managed was six miles so I turned up on the day did the great south I think at mile eight I had to have a lie down and a little bit of a stretch the St John's ambulance man laughed and was like are you okay I completed that and I thought oh my god how would you ever run more than 10 miles but it kind of gave me a bit of a I want to do it. So I kept entering the London Marathon after that and kept getting rejected. Um, still playing my sport. And 
then we were having a drunken conversation one night with some girls as we were planning a Hendy. And How many conversations have we had with people that start to involve the word <laughs> yeah. drunken? Yeah, <laughs> alcohol is definitely involved in a lot of decisions. We'll get this a drunken conversation on planning a hendo. And so five of us sign up for a half marathon, my first Amazing. half marathon, to do it as fancy dressed in the bridesmaid outfit. <laughs> and the bride oh, wow. the is going to do it in a wedding dress. So I just need to clarify this. Did the hen like running? Um, I think she wanted to do a half marathon, oh, but okay. she got injured in the run up, so she oh. pulled out. Yeah, oh, I mean, as good. did one of the other girls, leaving three of us to to make the start line in these little purple dresses, bunch of uh, fake flowers in her hands, clats in her hair. Amazing. And what race? What half marathon was it? That was the bath half. Wow. And how long? What what year are we talking? How long ago did this all happen? Uh, I looked, you know, I looked this up just before I came on. That was 2008. Okay, okay, so a while ago now, okay. A while ago now, yeah. And then I guess over the following few years, I kind of did a few halves. I got that thud on the doorstep with the London Marathon magazine, and you know your heart's going, which way is it? In, out, in, out. And it was in, and you have that, yes. Oh, actually (laughs) got a train for it now. So I managed to, managed to do the London Marathon in 2009. And then just sort of more frisbee, a couple of extra longer runs, half marathons mainly. Um, but all of this was just by myself or with a friend at the time. There was no, no club, which when I look back would have made a massive difference. Uh, had kids. So in between, James is now seven, in between him and Alex, I found Park Run. And I used to do Eastley Park Run on a Saturday morning. It was my little bit of escapism, which was quite nice. And then I had Alex. And then I wanted to get back into running. So I found Whiteley Park Run had started up in that time. And that was a little bit closer to home because we'd moved by then. So I went and joined Whiteley Park Run. And I just couldn't break 25 minutes. One run a week. And I was just stuck at the same time. And someone said to me, you need to go and join a running club. So I did a little bit of Googling and the times of Crusaders happened to match the times that I could escape. And I joined on beginner's night, January 2018. Um, so cold, dark, wet night. Still mm-hmm. remember that first run. And the language that was like, I remember to loop. And I remember asking someone, what does looping mean? Backmarker. What's a backmarker? There's all these foreign terms that I'd never come across before. But it was a brilliant, really friendly bunch. And I kept coming back. Are you still loving your running just as much as when you first joined the club? Yeah, even more so, I'd say. I used to only be able to make a Thursday because I used to go pole dancing on a Tuesday, which I really enjoyed. So Tuesday was pole dancing and Thursday was running. And then I had a wrist injury and I ended up having surgery on my wrist last August which meant I had to have some time off pole dancing. And so I'd come to club on a Tuesday as well. And I really found the benefit of coming twice a week, or at least you'd be guaranteed if you couldn't make a Tuesday, you could still come Thursday. I couldn't make a Thursday, still have a Tuesday. So just found that little bit of extra running in the week really helped. Amazing. And um, you've been, so you've been running for a while now. So you're sort of like 12 years since you're, since your first race, what would you say in that time is your proudest running achievement so far? I mean, obviously completing London was good, 
but I think my proudest was the first time I got a sub two at half. That was the mental, that's what I really wanted. And where, where did you do that? Which, which race was that? That was Gosport two years ago. So would that be, is Gosport half one of your favourite races or do you have a particular race or running event that is your favourite one you've ever done or? Favourite one? Oh, I think Gosport and Great South last year, the two combined, probably my favourite races. Two cracking races. Did you manage to join us in the um, little Crusader hut beforehand at the Great South? Yeah, that totally made the day, didn't it? Having everyone get ready together, that nice team spirit, massive photo where people just kept adding themselves in. Yeah. Do it again, do it again, do it again. Never ending. (laughs) Smaller cues for the toilets. Yeah. It's amazing. Yes. Really, really good. And then just lining up on the start line, a few of us all together, having a last bit of pre-race banter and nerves. and, And then you're off, aren't you? And it's... Yeah, it's exciting. It's noisy. There's lots of people. There's music. Yeah, it's great. Now, now, Cameron, both of the places that you mentioned there, Gosport and the Great South, they are obviously two local massive races, but they're both near the seaside okay. as well. So, is running near the sea your favourite place to run, or have you got uh, somewhere else in particular that you prefer to run even more? No, I love the sea. Um, I would always choose to go and run run on the sea or at the moment trails because I live I live in Bishop's Walsh and we've got so many beautiful trails right behind us um, so either either trails in the country or down on the sea at the moment so our last question before we move into the quick fire questions is one that we always ask and we've had different answers each time although they're starting to become a little bit similar if I, similar but if i remember rightly mike we said we were going to ban some answers didn't we from now on in yeah anything that's been said before so you can't have trainers caroline or watch or socks trainers watch or so- okay or mascara oh yeah mascara <laughs> <laughs> so what is the one thing you could not run without Sports bra. Oh, mm. yeah. Good answer. I'll give you that one. Fair. Give you that one. Good answer. Very good. I think when we designed that question, we were we were expecting some sort of really random things, but actually, everyone's been, they're not letting us down. They're coming out with some pretty functional answers for that yeah, particular question, Fran. <laughs> I'm looking. Come forward. on, you've got to have essentials, haven't you? Caroline, it is now time for that bit that we hope you're excited to excited for because uh, some some quick fire questions. How are you feeling? You ready for it? Yeah, I'm a bit nervous. Good. Okay. That's what we like. I'll go first. And uh, we are, are we all ready? Everyone feeling ready? Fran, you ready? Go on then. Okay, here we go. TV comedy show or TV drama show? Drama. 10K or half marathon? Half. Running in the hot or running in the cold? Hot. Ice cream or ice lolly? Lolly. Toilet paper, over or under? (laughs) Over. (laughs) Running at night or running in the morning? Morning. Driver of the car or passenger of the car? Passenger. Listening to music or listening to a podcast? Uh, Podcast. Barbecue burger or barbecue sausage? Sausage. Medal or t-shirt? 
faz Médio, 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 it would have been easier at the Great South a few years ago because I don't know if anyone remembers, but up until not long ago, they used to have these really sort of pretty horrid cotton t-shirts in the bag. But actually, even they've up their game. They've they've gone over to like proper technical now, so it's a harder choice. Mm. Caroline, I feel we need to sort of take a step back now because if if we're going to leave that bit in earlier, we do need to at least revisit this. So you 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 had not heard, you had to Google Alan Partridge. Am I right that that when we mentioned that in our in our hidden track the other week. That is correct, Mike. I had to Google him. Okay, that's it. We can move on. I don't really know where I'm going with that now. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, and we've now convinced, so I don't know how long this segment is, but we've been recording uh, for the best part of 40 minutes. Uh, okay. So listeners can probably tell how long we've edited out now uh, caroline how would you score us now that you've had to sit through this it's probably not as slick as i thought it was you've shattered my illusions guys but i've had so much fun that the fun factor has taken over that oh good <laughs> oh. i'm glad you didn't hang up on us in the first five minutes of actually proper recording to be honest so oh. lovely to see you and we've gone off all sorts of tangents and we've had a laugh and yeah, it's been brilliant it's been brilliant chanty caroline thank you for being such a good sport and joining us and listening to our absolute babble for the last hour um we've had a lot of fun as well haven't we friend absolutely it's been lovely chatting with you and we're glad you were keen to take up the quick fire question challenge of chatting to us oh it's been lovely thank you so much for inviting me and I had a good old giggle when you got me on the last one. Now remember, this is a fake goodbye, Caroline. Uh, love to speak to you, and we'll see you soon. Take care. Take care. Bye. Thanks, Bye. guys. Bye. We're joined by an old friend today as well, Phil Chamberlain. Hi. Good evening, back. How are back. you? Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. It only seems five minutes ago that we last spoke, even though it's probably, what, a couple of months now? So, been keeping a low profile. Yeah, all good, though. And we've actually got you on for a proper chat today, Phil, so no dodgy questions coming from Fran or I later. We wanted to chat to you about everything you've been doing with your running. Uh, And I think we're very keen, Fran, aren't we, to get his thoughts on this year's London Marathon arrangements later as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so perhaps maybe, because obviously we've had you on as a regular in the, on the podcast, but we probably didn't sort of delve into how long you've been part of club when you started becoming a crusader. So maybe you could give all our listeners a little bit of background into Phil as a fair and crusader. Yeah, so I joined way back now in 2005. Um I'm trying to remember why I think I might have split up with someone and thought, and I kind of moved back to the area. I've been living away and I thought I need something to do. Good for the social. I like a run. So it kind of ticks all the boxes. There was only ever going to be one club, Fairham, because I'm from Fairham, live in Fairham, all that kind of thing. And I remember coming in 2005 really nervous and they were the days where 
you might have, I don't know, eight people turn up. Um, so it was a lot easier, I guess, in those days to get to know people. And um, whereas now, I, it must be pretty intimidating if you turn up and there's a hundred or people or however many there are. And I think I gave it a few weeks and wasn't quite sure. So I think I then didn't come for maybe a few months and then, and then came back and it just, it just worked and I've loved it ever since. So yeah, that's, that's kind of my story. Were you a runner before, Phil? Did you run anyway? Um, I, I'm, so by then I was mid thirties and I'd probably been running properly for a couple of years but just on my own, not really know what I'm doing. Probably, again, like a lot of other people, where you go out, you try it, and then you think, you see. I remember doing the odd race. I think I did Great South, and I remember running past people in Club Fest, and that kind of wasn't too aware that there were many running clubs back in those days. And I remember seeing those and thinking, I'll, I'll have a look around and see what there are. So I kind of did it, but not as not as often as I do now. Crusaders has really got me into, it gave me the running bug. So obviously you've talked about the fact that it's really since becoming a Crusader that really kickstart your running. Um, and obviously I'm sure most people will know that you're one of our quicker members. What sort of things do you think really, I mean, were you always fairly that quick when you started running? And obviously you've just sort of used the different aspects of training to get you even quicker, or is that something that really has come on with being at club? um yeah fine I'm I don't know if I am one of the quicker runners there's so many more so many people who are so much quicker than me um you know you think of people like James Hughes and Emmeline and uh Pete Abrams and and there'd be a lot more so I think I'm kind of mediocre you know I know, I know I'm quicker than Brian but we'll we'll move on from that but yeah what I, I think um the club nights and this is something I have been struggling with my pace lately and I think club nights I've really missed it it's that kind of discipline in training um you know you can go out and you can set yourself uh kind of paces that you want to do but on your own it's so much harder so yeah the club has has made a difference and and in terms of did I know I, I, I don't know I just I think again you you run on your own you're not really sure where you are against ev everyone else so or how you compare but yeah the club the club is what has made the difference for those people that don't know phil um how did you get into marathoning and actually before we do that can you tell us about you've got a, a particular achievement that quite rightly you should be quite proud of so i've been lucky enough to run london nine times in a row um this year was meant to be number 10 uh, but yeah, that that's kind of my I, I think proudest achievement. And in terms of how I got into it, I I've got to thank Fair and Crusaders because um, it was one of the club places. So I think I tried to get in a few times, and everyone else, like everyone else, you get rejected. Um, tried the club ballot and again had been unsuccessful and again in those days there were less members so it was a lot easier your chances of getting a place through the club were probably one in eight one in seven something like that compared to now so um eventually in 2011 i managed to get a, a club place and um was able to run and the first year 
um, I needed sub 315 to qualify for the following year as a good for age. Um, and it, I, I had, I, it was my first ever marathon. Um, and it was going okay. I had my target and then dread, the dreaded cramp started and I was walk running and the time I had was, was diminishing. So uh, to cut a, a long story short, I managed it by 18 seconds and that got me in for the following year. And then after that, oh, I've been wow. lucky. Yeah, 18 seconds. And I've been lucky enough to qualify. And just one other thing I just want to mention, how I got into London or how I got into marathon running and why London, I, I, I didn't do any others, was because my dad, who's kind of my running hero, he ran at the first London in 1981 and um, it was his first marathon. And I don't know how many he's run. He's, it must be in the 20s, maybe, maybe high 20s. I don't know. He, he'd only missed a few when he was kind of younger. And as I say, it was his first, his first marathon. So I wanted to kind of follow in his footsteps and make London my first marathon as well. And that's, that's how I got into it. What an amazing story. In fact, I remember um, someone posted in the group a few months ago, the old Gosport and Fair Marathon route, and your dad ran that, didn't he? Someone mentioned He did. It. I can remember, um, I can't remember what year it was. I was probably kind of, I don't know, 13, 12, something like that. I can remember going and cheering him um, as, he, as he ran it. So, yeah, yeah, that, you know, I can remember that really well. He, he did used to run that. He, he ran it a few times. So, yeah, happy memories. The fact that you've done nine in a row is amazing. That I mean, that you should be quite rightly so proud of that. It, that's brilliant, mate. It's so amazing. This year would have been your tenth. Yes. How do you feel about everything that's? I guess so. I guess actually, we would love to hear how you feel about everything that's happened. Be interesting to hear your views on what how London have handled it and what you are going to be doing, if anything on October the 4th in, in replacement of not being up in London? So, it, yeah, I, I kind of got used to disappointment back in February because I was due to do Tokyo, which was um, going to be my sixth star, which, again, I was following in my dad's footsteps. Um, and I've been training for that since whenever it was. I think it was November, something like that. And then, of course news of the pandemic started early um kind of early in the year and it was that region as well it was asia so um but at that point it, it didn't it seemed to be you know tokyo was all okay and then rumors started and there was lots of talk about will it be postponed and probably not because it's the olympics and all that kind of thing so um, and then Tokyo, we found out Tokyo would be an elite only race. So I had my first real disappointment back, back earlier in the year, back in, I think it was February, it was called off from memory. So in a way, and then everything else has been cancelled, wasn't it? All major sports events and of course, so many, so many races as well. So um, I... I was quite happy to keep training. So whilst obviously London then was postponed from April to um, October, I was really happy just to 
have another shot at it. Obviously, everyone was optimistic at that point, or I say everyone, I was optimistic by October, hopefully it would be on. It seems such a long time that, you know, you, you, you keep your fingers crossed and, and hope for the best. So started training in June, July time. Um, and I, I like the discipline of training. Um, so that didn't bother me. I'd, be, I'd have been running anyway, and it just made me run a bit more disciplines, um, a little bit harder. So, um, so obviously quite recently we found out then it was, um, it was delayed for another year, I think, isn't it? It's October next year mm. as well. So, um, it's a bit of a strange one because now there's the virtual race, which I've entered, which is on October the 4th. Um, and so I'm happy to do that. I think it's it's a good compromise. They've obviously did their absolute best to make it happen. Um, it's, you get a T-shirt. I'll get my 10th London medal as far as I'm concerned if, if I manage to do it. Um, and I've got a bit of added pressure because if I want to run next year, I've got to get a good for age this year. So in the virtual race, I've actually got to get a good for age because when I entered it, I used my 2018 time, which is a little bit quicker than my 2019 time. If I'd have used my 19 time, I'd have been absolutely fine. Would have got a place next year, but I didn't. It's my bad. Didn't plan for a pandemic. So um, yeah, there's a, there's a bit of pressure on. If you don't mind me asking, obviously you mentioned that you've done five of the six world yep. majors, is that right? Have I used the Correct. right term? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, so if you were to pick one of those as your favourite, is there one? Does London still hold your heart as your favourite because of the, I suppose, clearly the clear history and the sentiment attached mm. to it? Or has one of the other four that you've done sort of actually, it's a better marathon, I preferred that? So I'm going to cheat here. It's really difficult to pick one out. If if you were to say to me, I could only ever do one of them now, it'd definitely be London. I think it's iconic. It's the one that I love. It's part of me, I feel. It's part of my family's history. Um, and I never get blasé. And, you know, I'm so fortunate to be able to have run it for the last nine years, you know. But my, I think my one of my most favorable memories or favorite memories was new york new york has just got an incredible wow factor and the the, the one memory i can remember um was you go through all the different areas of of new york and just seeing the bronx running through the bronx and it was fairly quiet compared to the other areas and kind of again showing my age growing up with kind of like new york cop programs and you'd see the bronx and then you actually saw it in real life and there was this one i think it i'm trying to remember now i think it was a guy one guy actually went in with a sign saying welcome to the bronx and that will stay for me forever stay with me forever so yeah, London's in my heart, but for the wow factor and the bridges and going over to Staten Island, yeah, if I could do one of the international ones again, it would definitely be New York. Uh, sounds amazing. Mike, that's definitely on our bucket list of races. I remember that one. Oh, totally. Yeah, we both want to do New York. How, what's the, um, what was the start like, Phil, actually starting on the bridge? Because you start with an uphill, don't you? <sighs> 
my, I tell you, um, it was such a slow mile. <laughs> you, know, you just, because you're there, it's such a long, I think I remember getting up about four in the morning because you've, you've got to get over to Staten Island. And the last thing you want to do when you've got an, when you're at an international marathon is to miss the start, you know. So I can remember being there in good time, getting the ferry over, and then you're there for about two or three hours. It's the most security um, kind of heightened security as well. So I remember you get off the bus, you get frisked and all that kind of thing, and just the whole experience of it. And that first mile, you've been up for hours and you think, it's not my day, and then you get to the top of the bridge and then you start coming back down again. You think, okay, things are happening now. So it's such a tough start, but those bridges are iconic. Right, Phil, we've got, uh, well, two things actually. So firstly, I think uh, Fran and I want to say a massive thank you for being such an amazing guest on our earlier podcast and giving up your time every couple of weeks to give us your insights into your expert way of thinking. We are so grateful for the time you gave us and uh, it definitely brought a lot of smiles to a lot of people's faces so on behalf of everyone that listened that you grind up their day a big thank you from us that's really that's really kind of you to say i, I loved it i might have hammed up a few bits but yeah i really enjoyed it and thank you to you too oh you're such a good sport, sport. <laughs> such a good sport <laughs> i do my best yeah and now we've got, we're, we're good, we're, everyone that we speak to today, we're doing quick fire questions with them, Phil. So if you okay. would be so kind as to... Uh, uh, hold on, hold on, you've forgotten a question we always ask before we go into the quick fire questions, Mike. Always ask. It's been so long, friends. Well, do you know what, actually, for everyone that's thinking, what are you talking about, Mike? You've just asked Caroline these questions. We recorded that months ago. Yeah, the schedule's not quite as slick as it used to be. Um, but yeah, moving on. So there's always one question we ask, and it's perpetual. Oh, I want to say perplexes, but is that right? It might be. It causes people a quandary as to what their answer is going to be. And we now have some items that you are not allowed to say. So, Phil, we always ask, what is the one thing you couldn't run without? But you can't have trainers watch mascara mike help me out here i can't remember the others uh socks socks i think that's it we'll go with those four as they be in a definite so phil without without saying one of those four answers what's one thing you couldn't run without shorts yes arrested yeah <laughs> again we're going to ask you 10 questions where we need, we need your instinctive response as to which of the two options you would prefer. Um, no thinking, no conferring, uh, no discussing your answer with the cat or Amanda. We just need to tell us straight away which one you would prefer to go with. And we have tailored these for you slightly, Mr. Chamberlain, as well. Thank you. Okay, I'm good. Let's do it. Who's okay. going to go first? Go on, Mike, you kick us off. Okay, here we go. Noel Gallagher or Liam Gallagher? Liam. Long run or speed work? Long. Facebook or Twitter? Facebook. Stubby 10K or Gosport Half? Gosport Half. Being in a selfie or taking your own selfie? Oh, taking my own. 
All your London medals or one six-star finisher medal? London. Wine or beer? Beer. Politics or cats? Politics. Summer runner or winter runner? Winter. Medal or t-shirt? T-shirt. Have you got all your London t-shirts still? Yes, but the first few were kind of like one size and quite a big size as well. So, um, but the other ones that, yeah, it depends on how old they are and how smelly they are. But yeah, I'm not throwing those away. So there we go. Quick fire questions with the man that is Phil Chamberlain. Um, fantastic answers. I was surprised between, and I've forgotten, hang on, which one really surprised me? Um, politics or cats? I thought Wesley would win that every day. Yeah. Do you follow me on Facebook? Have you seen my political posts? Yes, yes. You Breaking told me as a teacher today that things were going to change in uh, with the results before I knew they were going to change. That was handy. Thanks. Say no more. Yeah, that's true. Sorry. I shouldn't have been so surprised. <laughs> no, I'm into my politics, so. Mm. Yeah. Well, it has been a pleasure for us to be able to catch up with you and for you to take part in the podcast in one of our more regular features um, and for everybody in the club to get to know you a little bit more rather than just your insight on a specific topic that we have thrown at you. Um, so thank you very, very much for giving up your time this evening. We really enjoyed chatting with you and we really hope to see you soon back at club. I've loved it. Thank you so much. And thank you again for all the time you spent on these podcasts. And like you said, hopefully we'll see everyone back real soon. Thank you. Cheers, Phil. Great chatting to you, mate. Bye. 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 Okay, so you may have noticed on this week's podcast that there's a bit of a theme to each of the guests that we have spoken with. Um, and that theme continues with the next guest. This is somebody who we have spoken to regularly. We are very pleased and excited to be welcoming back our fantastic training secretary, Paula. Paula, how are you doing? Yeah, I feel like I'm being stitched up. Um, I have no idea what's going on. Um, but yeah, I'm fine. Thank you very much for asking. Mike, I can't believe she doesn't trust us. I don't know why that is at all the case. Well, just to be clear, Paula, you totally shouldn't trust us. <laughs> to be fair, I have stitched you guys up enough times to warrant being stitched back up, so it's fine. Ah. Well, don't panic too much. It's not, it's not horrendous. We have been fairly nice. Quick fire questions. We have 10 personalised quick fire questions that Mike and I have lovingly come up for you um, that very shortly we will be firing at you and as per all the other guests we have spoken with it is your first and immediate response that we will be looking for. Okay I had a feeling this was coming but yes. <laughs> you wait till you hear them Paula. Yeah that, that, yeah that's what I'm worried about but you know. <laughs> Oh, Mike, I've forgotten one thing that we didn't ask her. Again, we've forgotten the one question we always ask on quickfire questions other than the 10 quickfire questions. We've done it again, honestly. Um, go on, Mike, ask the question. Uh, Paula, if you're not allowed to pick um, shoes, socks, shorts, 
What's the other one? Mascara. Or mascara. Uh, oh. And you decided to go for a run. What's the one thing you couldn't run without? I'd say my Garmin watch, so then it could all be uploaded. But hasn't someone already said that as an answer as their watch? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So again. if it wasn't my watch, then see, look, I do listen to the podcast that you do. Um, my aftershocks then is the other thing. I love to listen to my music um, while I run. It's my complete escapism. Nice. Good answer. Good choice. Good choice. Other other brands of headphones are available. <laughs> just, you know, I normally had. I used to have a um, iPod Mini, so and it clipped to me. But it's so good not to have those wires anymore. And yeah, that's the ones I've got. So well, we've put off the questions again, but we are we are. They were not getting away with it. There are ten quick fire questions that we have ready for you. Dun, dun, are we dun. all ready? Yes. <laughs> okay. Are we ready, Mike? Let's do this. Okay. So. Facebook or Instagram? Oh, Instagram. Zwift cycling or real cycling? Uh, real cycling, just. <laughs> gin or cider? Oh, gin. Good for age or podium ultra finish? <gasps> A podium ultra finish? Tenth hole cake or Captain Fran cake? Oh, that's really unfair. Um, Captain <laughs> Fran cake. Mike or Fran? Fran. Easy. <laughs> Hill work or speed work? Hill work every day of the week. Stubby or Farum? <laughs> Ooh, Farum. Being a leader or leading the leaders? Uh, being a leader, maybe. Benefits of both. That's hard one. That's a good one. Uh, medal or t-shirt? Medal! Whee! Uh, I don't like the speed at which you answered the Michael Fran question, but I will let you off because I've known you a lot less time. <laughs> I could, yeah, totally. Uh, yeah, I could not. It's like 30-year friendship down the pan otherwise. <laughs> That's all right. You can have Mike. It's fine. Um, what was more concerning was the fact there was a slight too much of a pause about 10th hole cake over Captain Fran cake. I mean, come along now. Yeah, but you've seen the 10th hole cake and you <laughs> love it yourself. So you can't even say that. You love 10th hole cake. I'd pick 10th hole cake over my own. Apart from carrot cake, I make a better carrot cake. And I reckon I'd stake that against theirs. To be fair, Fran, you make me a lot of cake, so you totally win every time. <laughs> Paula, it has been lovely speaking to you, and thank you for giving up your uh, Monday evenings while we were podcast recording on a regular basis to chat with us. It's been lovely keeping up with everything that's going on. Yeah, fabulous, and thank you guys for your podcasting. Um, I know I've been involved in it, but I've also really, really enjoyed listening to it personally. So, um, yeah, thank you also for your time and efforts. Thank you very much. Thank you and stay safe. Look after yourself and we'll see you soon. Okay, cool guys. Thank you very much. Take care, Paula. Bye. Bye. We are joined, Mike, by a very lovely last guest who we are very much looking forward to talking with. Mike, who are we joined by? We are joined by the lovely Tony. How are you, Tony? I'm fine, thank you, Mike. Thank you for inviting me. 
Oh, wherever the moment you could join us. Uh, we've, you've been on our list of people that we were hoping to chat to for a while and we're chuffed a bit so we've been able to speak to you. Well, it's, it's, it's lovely to have been selected. Um, I'm sure there's plenty of people in the club who have got interesting lives and I'm really pleased that you decided to pick me. So are we. And we are really glad we are able to do a last chat with you. Um, so tell us, first of all, how are things going at the moment? Being able to get closer to my family, which was the biggest thing that I was finding hard to deal with. Um, I missed our grandchildren so much. They, they're my life. They are my heart. Um, I, I have them at our house such a lot. And that void is still there. Mm. We used to have them overnight quite a lot at the weekends when Jonathan and Jodie were doing their runs and things. We would often have the children at the weekend um, and we would have them at least one day a week overnight. And I took them to my, my, my granddaughter does gymnastics. So I used to take her for that and Jasper used to do swimming. So I used to take him to that. So they were a big part of my weekday. Um, which at first I found incredibly hard to deal with. Um, and I've, I've got into a different type of routine almost now, where I get up in the morning, I do a workout an hour or two hours even. I love the Les Mills. Um, I'm doing all that at home. I go for a walk with my husband in the afternoon when he finishes his work. And because I always worked at home anyway, predominantly. Um, I didn't find it very different keeping up with my work. I just do everything here and that is, I can do it at 10 o'clock at night, I can do it at six o'clock in the evening. Whenever I want to do it, I do it. Um, as long as it's done, it's done. So yeah, it's just a different timetable I think I've got into now very strange in, in some ways but we've decorated the whole house the gardens wow. <laughs> good work yeah it's I, I think i live in a, a different house at the moment because everything all the colors have changed the papers changed it's 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 very pretty <laughs> <laughs> oh so you mentioned work, Tony. What is it you do? Uh, I only do the accounts. My husband and I, we, are, we own a property management letting company. It's based in Twickenham. Um, we used to live there, but decided we'd rather be over here. So Phil travels to London a couple of times a week to, do, to work, but he predominantly works from home as well. Uh, but every now and again, we have to make the, the trip into Twickenham and oversees certain things if there's any issues going on so it's it's most of our staff has been furloughed um still had to do all the things to um go onto the site to get the money sent to us and it's been bearable um and it's not been too bad for us really um all our staff are quite happy with the way they've been in fact if anything, they've enjoyed being at home, working from home rather than being in an office. So, and they've all been quite productive in their own little way. So, 
it's not been too bad really. So obviously you've been keeping busy with work still and exercising and we'll talk about that a bit more in a minute um, and decorating clearly by the sounds of it. Um, but let's go back a little bit in your journey with when you became a member of FCRC. When did you when did you become a crusader? Um, 2018. Not long, only a couple of years. Um, I started um, before I joined the Crusaders. Um, it was John that asked me to come along to the park runs, and the very first one I did, um, where you couldn't wipe the smile off my face, I was terrified before I went there um, to actually run 5k. Um, I've, I've been doing it on machines, but and down, doing a little bit of running outside, but nothing silly. And to actually complete that 5k, I was like over the moon and you, you couldn't wipe my, the smile off my face for a week. It was wonderful. Um, and then after a few weeks of doing that, he said, why don't you come along to Crusaders on uh, the first night, on the first of the month? So I said, mm, oh, I don't know. I said that they're, just, that they're proper runners, you know, I'm, I'm just like a novice. Um, and he said, well, they have a, a, the first Tuesday, everyone's a novice that comes along, can come in and, and they, they do a, a, a session that suits you. And the first one I went to, I had Paul Pickford and Ali, Ali Hodgson. Yep. And, well, I, I just absolutely loved it. I loved, I loved how they looked after us, how all the people that I was with, and I don't remember who I was with apart from those two. Um, I think they were, I can't remember. But I do remember I had to go across a river. <laughs> I actually ran through the water because um, uh, there was a horse, there was a bridge. We were supposed to be going across a bridge and we couldn't go across the bridge because there was a horse on the bridge. So we had to go across the river. So we all went across the river and who was it? There was someone. Paul carried the guy across because he had new trainers on and he didn't want to go in the water. <laughs> I can't think of who it was. I wish I could remember. <laughs> That's a great story. I mean, to be honest, Paul doesn't need, Pickford Tours do not need a horse in the way to encourage anybody to be going through the water, as I'm sure we've all experienced. The, it was just, a, it was just so wonderful the way everyone, we laughed, we talked, we ran, we did it all. And uh, and after that, you, I just didn't want to not go to the club nights. I, I just absolutely loved them. I could only do Tuesdays because Thursdays I always had the children overnight. But Tuesdays was like, that was it. There were nights where it was bitterly cold. I think the coldest night was two degrees. And it was dark and I did not want to go out. But I did. I got there and I did the run. I loved it. I came back and this, my husband said, you know, you, you'll buzz when you come back. Um, it's, it's wonderful, the, the feeling that you get from running with the club. You can't touch it. You really can't. And, and nobody holds you and says, oh, okay, you've been in the beginners group for so long. It's about time you moved up, otherwise you can't come. You know, nobody says that. They, they let you 
just do what you can do. And there's always people that run at your pace. And if you run with people that aren't running at your pace, they're, they're just wonderful. They support you. I, I remember Marek, you know, he was, he's, he's like a, he's a speedster, you know, he's, he runs, but then he runs back and he says, you okay, come on. And he runs along with you and then he shoots up and comes back. And that's, that's what everybody does at the club. They support each other. Wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. Tony, you're making me realise how much I'm missing club. Like, yeah, I've been in my own kind of little running bubble. And I think, and Mike and I have talked about this before, where we've been doing these podcasts, we've been lucky enough to speak to people, so many people from the club. And that's no way replicates a club night, not so whether. But I suppose I've kind of got into my own little bubble that I'm happy running and I've now started running with people. So that's fine. But oh, you just told, you just totally reminded me why we love club so much. I know. We, well... Phil and I went to, well, I was doing the run at Overton. Phil came with me. And afterwards, we went up into the clubhouse for a beer. Not me. He drinks beer, not me. Uh, and we, we were talking to people from other clubs there. And they were all saying, oh, you know, if you don't achieve a certain standard by a certain date, they put pressure on you and say you can't run with the club anymore because our club, we want to try and get medals and we want to be, you know, have accolades and things like this. And I said, oh, never, never encountered that at all. It's wonderful. I, you know, I've never been a, a speedster. Um, I think I managed to get to 10 minute miles and I was chuffed to monkeys with that. Um, and I think one night I, I was running in nine minute miles. Um, but, and that was running with the club. But it's just being people. They're, they're just wonderful. Every one of them. That, you know, I haven't found anyone that's made me feel uncomfortable or just tried to put you down. Everyone seems to care. I've had lovely messages from people all the time, even while we've been in lockdown. Um, I haven't seen a lot of people, Sally and um, Jill over at Swanmore. But apart from those two, I haven't really been in contact with people physically. Um, and I've missed that. I really have. Um, obviously, as you said, you've been with Club for a, a two years and it's, it's clearly, you know, comes across how much it means to you and, you know, what it's done with your running. Um, but when did you start running in relation to joining Club? You mentioned, obviously, you, you started with the Fair and Park Run and obviously potentially been on the treadmill before, you know, doing 5Ks with the Park Run. But is that something that started quite soon before the Park Run debut or something you've been doing for a while or...? I, I'd never run. If someone if someone had said to me that I would be running in my 60s, I would have thought they were mental. It, it was, nothing could have been further from my mind. Um, but I, I was a gym girl. I love going to the gym, you know, and, and that's, that was my, my exercise. It was my adrenaline and everything. And then, Obviously, when I broke my wrist, I couldn't do that. So I, I wanted to keep my fitness levels up. So I started doing running on the treadmill. I mean, my park, first park runs, I was doing with the, my arm in a sling. But um, it didn't stop me. I, I, and I loved it. Um, I, the buzz I got from it was incredible. I can, I can understand this, this runner's high. I never understood it before. Um, but it's just a wonderful feeling. Um, I don't know whether I pushed myself too much because I, I think I, 
I did a lot in the time in two years. Um, I was I did the, the Stubbington 10k. Um, I did Overton. I did Netley, Winchester. I did um, the Great South 10 mile, um, and obviously virtually every park run that was going, I did. Um, if I wasn't walk, running, I was walking and tail walking. Um, the, the buzz I got was incredible. And going out even by myself and just running and finding, you know, each time I went out, I was further and further. And I'm thinking how how wonderful that felt. It didn't have to be fast. I just, to me, it was just doing it. And I lost so much weight. Oh, the sleeve, it was wonderful. Um, Got into size 10 trousers and I was thinking, yeah, I bought, I bought some leggings that were so small that I, I can't even look at them now because I can't get back into them. That's, it, was, it was all, it just made me feel like a new person. It was wonderful. What was it like and the first time, that, did you say that um, your first run outside, Tony, was when you did the park run? Was that the yeah. first one that you hadn't done on the treadmill? What, what was, how did you find... We know you enjoyed the experience, but how, how did you find that difference? Because it is a different experience running outside to running on the treadmill, isn't it? It was harder. It was definitely harder. Um, my son was there and his daughter, Josephine, and they both ran it. And Josephine at that time was doing the park run in about 27 minutes. So um, I kept up with them up to the halfway mark. And then I let them go into the distance. <laughs> I, I, I pushed myself hard that first, first um, mile and a half. Um, I couldn't keep up with them. But the fact that I managed to even do that, I was so chuffed with myself. And, but it was, it was harder running on ground than it is on a treadmill, although the treadmill is more boring. <laughs> <laughs> did, did you enjoy treadmill running? Did you say you enjoyed it? Did you ever find it boring? Um, I did find it boring, um, but I think it, when I started running on the treadmill, um, it was always a sense of achievement to get to one mile, then two miles, then three miles. So I was just like, it was, it, it was just the motivation to keep going, um, kept me going, if that makes sense. Um, there was no, like if I went to the gym and I did a body pump class or I did a body balance class or I did... Um, RPM you get a sense of achievement from doing it and you've got all the people around you and it's motivational but when you're running by yourself on a treadmill it's quite boring um, and the only person that can motivate you is yourself so it, it was push. you know I was pushing myself to, to, to do it and I found that I started enjoying running when I started doing the park run and going to the club that that was it. Once I went to club, that there there just seemed to be no stopping me. I just wanted to do every race that was going and the bling. Ooh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, a lady after my own heart. <laughs> he bought me the medal holder and I got all my medals on it. And, and what was the the RNLI one? At, um, the, just the, the two weeks before the Great South. What a fabulous medal that is. The pieces of eight, that was it, yeah. yeah. And, and that, was a, that was the first medal I got because one of my girlfriends said to me, she said, you should do that because it's, it gives you the best medal you've ever seen. 
and I only did the pieces of eight to get that medal. And <laughs> that was that was my first medal. My second one was um, the Great Sass. So I, I got two huge achievements. Mm. Um, very, you know, together. And then obviously I had others after that, but they were the, the ones that got me started. And I did a few virtual runs because you got the bling with them as well. <laughs> I bet there's a lot of people at club that are more familiar with virtual runs now than they would have been a few months ago as well. That's very true. Yes. Yeah. But you know, the thing is once I, I started getting my medals for proper runs, apart from getting the one that I did for, I did a hundred miles, uh, a thousand miles, was it a thousand miles? hundred miles. How many miles do you get in a year? <laughs> A thousand is doable in a year. People do a thousand and plus in the year, so it could possibly most likely be. I got, I did the virtual once and got that, so that was quite good. Um, but yeah, uh, and, and uh, my granddaughter covered that one, so I said she can have that one. But yeah, you know what? It's it's got to the stage now that I just want to be able to get back out running properly with the club. I mean, I'd love to get back to club. Tuesday nights, absolutely wonderful. No matter how tired I am, no matter how awful the weather is, you just get there and you just love it. It's true. It is true. Um, if you don't mind me going back a little bit, um, so obviously from what you've told us, you were clearly quite a, a active, fit somebody looked after themselves before you started running obviously before you, you broke your wrist did you find any difference in terms of doing the sort of fitness classes the rpm the uh, body combat those kind of things um compared to running in a sort of i suppose a, a oh god i'm gonna say this all wrong um <laughs> in a sort of more mature stage of your life if that's the right way of putting it without causing offense well to me, I always think that age is a number. Mm -hmm. um, I know that the thing with me is my in my brain, I'm still in my 30s because I, I try to... I, I, I've, I've never got to the... I'm a, I'm a granny, I've got to sit at home and knit and um, <laughs> do the word and... Although I can it. Um, <laughs> I did that in my 20s. <laughs> but um, no, I've never been the sort of person who wants to get old, if that makes sense. Um, but I guess when you think about everything that you do in your life, when by the time you get to my age, you're, you, even if your mind tells you you're 30, your body tells you you're not and there are times when you have to to ease back a little bit but I, I don't seem to understand that <laughs> <laughs> which probably leads on to sort of the next question you know and those who know you at club will know that unfortunately before lockdown and I guess and you can tell us a bit more about it you've unfortunately been caught up with the injury plague that sometimes gets gets us runners and really just knocks you for six quite often when you are at your element with running 
Absolutely. Anyway, we were running. Uh, I, I did a 10K at Goodwood. Um, completed it, felt absolutely fine. Came home, had a nice bath, had some dinner with Phil. Went to bed, woke up in the morning, and my knee had swollen right up. No idea how that happened. Gosh. Um, I ended up going for physio because they don't send you for x-rays. They send you to physio. Is it painful, Tony? Yes, yes. I can't straighten my knee at all, even now. Um, my knee's still swollen, but I can walk on it. And I'm worse when I've been sitting still doing nothing. If I run or walk, keep moving, I'm, I'm pretty fine, really. Uh, but I have had the MRI and they've said that I've got a torn cartilage. It's torn on both sides. Um, I've got um, a Baker cyst on the back of my knee and I've also got arthritis in the joint. So it's pretty not good. Um, <laughs> um, I've seen the surgeon, the knee surgeon. I was supposed to have an operation to at least repair the tear and perhaps clean out everything that's in there that's causing any crepitus. Um, but that was back in May it was supposed to be and it was cancelled because of the coronavirus. So I just had to take one step at a time really. But in between those steps, I have been running. I have been a bit silly because I think um, my muscle on my calf has started wasting. Um, and that's been a bit painful now. So, hey-ho. I'm going to keep on, though. Um, off air, before we started recording this, you were talking to us that, yes, maybe, maybe one shouldn't be running, but one has been running. And... A little bit interestingly, in these uh, lockdown times. Yeah, uh, well, I, I've been running indoors <laughs> because I have quite a long house. So we have a little circuit that I put through. I've got, I run around the front room, through the hallway, into the dining room. We move the chairs. There's, we've got two chairs there, so we move them to the centre of the room. So I've got like a little circuit that I can go around. Um, it's pretty good. Yeah. And um, how, how far have you been running in your house, Tony? No more than a 5K. <laughs> oh, good. So long as you're stopping at, at 5K around your house. I love it. No more than 5k. So how many loops or laps of that circuit do you have to do? Uh, I think it's, oh, did we do it? I think it was 80. Oh my God. Wow. <laughs> and have, you set it up a, have you set it up as a segment yet, Tony, so that you can try and like go for a segment PB? <laughs> We're all going to be coming around to your house. Tony, can we come and, can we come and have a go to your Strava segment, please? <laughs> <laughs> I should set it up, shouldn't I? Yeah, working on his computer, and there's me going. He passed him for about half an hour, but it's, it, it, it works. It works. You know, I feel safe indoors. It's the, the, I was worried about going out and going past people and things like this. So um, the only time I did run outside was when we did the relay. <laughs> yeah, God. How many months ago was that now? 
that was really really fun and and i enjoyed doing that it was quite nice to be able to actually run out outside and i have i have to be fair i have run outside um i might do two miles indoors and then do a mile outside sometimes but um only, only a time if I, it depends what time of day i do it at because if i do it first thing in the morning there's less people around very first thing in the morning in the afternoon if i decide to do it then i've got no chances to about so i have to stay indoors well that makes sense and it's it's all about doing whatever you feel comfortable with and whatever you feel safe with isn't it at the moment just uh I think that's what we found sort of speaking to all the different guests haven't we found is that there's no right or wrong at the moment it's just everyone's feelings and views and all of this are different and what has been lovely is that everyone at the club is just being so respectful of everyone else's feelings about it as well absolutely right and i, I think people who are i mean i'm lucky because i've got phil with me so that there's two of us in the house and people who've got children are lucky that they've got their children with them or people who live in a house are lucky that they've got a garden and there must be a lot of people in this lockdown in apartments with no outdoor space and maybe with two children um it must be absolutely horrendous so you know i always just count my chicken and say right i'm lucky i've got this i've got a nice home I've got somewhere i can do this i can go out and do the gardening we've got a lovely area to walk around or run around in um we're lucky we're blessed really so i just say thank you for that absolutely uh, yep yeah, put it really well there definitely it's a lovely note to to not to end on uh tony because um we've got a bit of a surprise for you uh unfortunately before you go because everyone else has uh, has been asked slash told they are doing <laughs> They are doing quick fire questions. And Tony, we're going to ask you to do quick fire questions with us too. Okay. <laughs> okay. So Tony, we know you're a listener to the podcast, so you're familiar with, uh, with quick fire questions. Yes. Excellent. We're going to ask you 10 uh, optional, well, 10, we're going to ask you 10 questions in a row where we just need you to instinctively pick your, your favourite out of out of what we've got. And as always, there is a good mix here of uh, questions that are related to running and some that are not rated, related to running as well. Um, so just instinctively what you think your preferred answer is, if that's okay. Fran, would you like to go first? I would love the honour of going first, thank you. <laughs> oh, are we ready? <laughs> I was waiting for the music to start. I don't know if that gets put in afterwards, but in my head I was waiting for the like the suspense music to start and then I was gonna go. Um I'm gonna imagine it started. Sorry. Ah <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. You know, I may just play with everyone now and like do you know what? Right, whatever whatever I'm um, this like as this is the last quick fire questions, we're gonna have some different music. No idea what it is, but we'll just slide some different music in now. Amazing. Exciting. Right, let's go. Crumpets or toast? Ooh. Crumpets. Chatty park run or fast as you can park run? Chatty park run. Run in the morning or run in the evening? Run in the morning. Night at the theatre or night at the cinema? Night at the theatre. Uh, sweet popcorn or salted popcorn? Sweet. 
Bungee jump, or bungee jump or skydive if you had to choose. Oh gosh, skydive. Trail run or pavement run? Pavement run. Hill training or interval training? Ooh. Hill training. I love hill training. <laughs> Amazing. Um, Oasis or blur? Ooh, Oasis. Good choice. Uh, and last but not least, medal or t-shirt? I think we know the answer to this. Brilliant. That was brilliant, Tony. Thank you so much. You've been, it's been so lovely chatting to you. And to finish on such a brilliant round of quick-fire questions, I think sums up everything that this podcast has been about. Uh, been lovely to talk to you both and to lovely to see you both as well. Yes. That is so nice. It's really nice to see you. And we really appreciate you giving us the time, especially as life has got a bit busier. So when we speak to guests now, it's not always like they're saying, well, actually, I don't really have anything to do. So yeah, I'm free whenever you want. Um, so thank you for <laughs> thank you for fitting us in and we're watching Downton Abbey at the moment <laughs> oh nice as in the, when it was on TV or the new film the series oh I love it I did to start watching it and oh. we're on to series four already we started at the beginning of last week oh what? wow that's a <laughs> binge watching I'm impressed <laughs> watching have you been, have you been uh, sort of catching the odd few seconds of it every time you stomp around your 5k loop around your, around your house, Tony? <laughs> oh, I love Down Ampy. I'm I've never seen it. I feel like I'm missing out. You are. Oh, it's some of the best television. The Chris, one of the Christmas specials one year. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh, it's absolutely oh. captivating. I was not expecting it. When we, we were out in the States, all the Americans used to say to us, oh, why don't you watch Downton Abbey? Oh, no, it's English history. We're used to all of that. But, you know, I just said to her, let's, let's just watch it. We've been watching bits and pieces. we probably watch more TV than we've done in our lives, to be fair. But we started watching Downton Abbey, and it, it is absolutely fabulous. Mike, you're missing something if you haven't watched it. Do you know, I would commit to watching an episode, but Fran asked me to do push-ups about 15 months ago. <laughs> uh, do you know what? I'm going to get blamed for those blooming push-ups. Oh, well, I've done it. You bring them up every time. I try to bury it for you. Try, and you keep bringing I it up. Push-ups today. My arms are working, even if my legs aren't. <laughs> You're putting me to shame, Tony. <laughs> Ah, brilliant. We have loved chatting to you, as we said. The fact that we've had a bit of chance to catch up with you and, like you said, see you has uh, been, yeah, really nice. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And um, I hope it's not been too crazy and not too boring. It's been brilliant. And everyone's going to love it. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Fran. Pleasure. Take care, Tony. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, pleasure is ours. Take care. And we will hopefully see you very, very soon. And um, thank you for talking to us again. Thank you for inviting me. God bless you both. Take care. Take care. Take care. Bye-bye. Well then, Mike, that was an episode worth waiting for. Six months in the making, Fran. <laughs> and what lovely, lovely guests. We 
really remembered listening back and having heard the interviews again totally remembered that how great they were to chat to as guests and thank you guys for listening throughout this year as well uh, we had such a blast in the summer uh, and the spring recording these during lockdown uh, and it's been it's been exciting for us to dust down the microphones and plug ourselves back in and, and record another intro together for this episode hasn't it Fran? Uh, it's been really nice I think looking back as you do if you'd have asked me this time last year what were my goals for 2020 recording a podcast not just one but a whole series of them was not on the to-do list like we've had Chris Akabusi, we've had Roger Black, we've had Sally Gunnell, we've had all our amazing guests, too many to mention, and my memory's not that good either, I'm afraid. <laughs> but um, I mean, wow, what what a year that something so rubbish has given us in some ways. Yeah, absolutely. And we, we, we hope this helped keep you guys company as well. Uh, and uh, we're just we're hugely grateful that we are part of this amazing Crusader family, and we hope you guys are um, having having as lovely a Christmas as you can. And we can't wait to see you all once we're back in the new year as well. Yeah, definitely. Just remember, we're here for each other, and we might not be able to run together for a couple of weeks, but we are here as a family for each other during uh, this period of time, as usual. I feel like this Christmas special probably should have had some sort of Christmas sing-along or something. Christmas specials have sing-alongs, don't they? Or something? Well, feel like... should, we, should we give them a little rendition of We Wish You a Merry Christmas? Yes, we could play them out with We Wish You a Merry Christmas. Okay, let's don't try and do this. Don't on my own. I did this once in an assembly. I'll tell you this little ditty, everybody. I know you can't wait for another Fran story. So, said head of house, front, doing an assembly. One of my year 11s, his younger sister comes up because they're all in houses with their siblings. Miss, it's my brother's birthday today. It's his 16th. Can we all sing happy birthday? Never done anything like this before, but I thought, right, fine, we'll give it a go. Guess who is singing happy birthday on their own in front of 250 plus people? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, brilliant. Never done that again. It was a great story. I know everybody. You're, you're welcome. <laughs> so we're going to sing, we wish you, we're going to start with, we wish you a Merry Christmas. We're going to start with that bit, yeah? What else do you start with? Good point. Okay, right. right okay. Good. Right, ready? So, I don't know how we... Three, two, one. We, we wish, wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. And a Happy New Year. New Year. Doing this over a delayed Zoom call did not work very well, but we hope you appreciated our effort, everyone. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> right, we should go. Have an amazing festive period. Uh, look after each other. Look, have a great time with your loved ones and your family. And uh, Merry Christmas, guys. Happy Christmas. Take care.